this is the outcome that I want. So I need to do these things to get that outcome. Sometimes doing something that is aligned is maybe just something that's fun. It may not be aligned with my goal, but it may be aligned with how I want to feel. And that gets me to my goal. Instead of like, what's the short-term gain? What's the short-term outcome that I need to have happen? It's what am I willing to invest today to become the long-term vision that I hold for my business and my work in the world? What got you here won't get you there. It's time to uncover the micro shifts required to take your income, influence, and impact to the next level. I'm Melanie Benson. And I'm Samantha Riley. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. Now let's get started. There is a saying that's very popular in business and mindset, and that is as you achieve new levels, you're going to experience a new devil. And one thing I think we've both noticed as our in our time being business coaches and working with lots of thought leaders and transformational catalysts and trailblazers is there are ways that we are programmed and conditioned to think that sometimes emerges from a place of scarcity. Mm. And that place of scarcity can be holding us back and we don't even realize it because it's kind of hiding out in a blind spot, right, Sam? Totally. And we know that as our business grows, we know that we grow too. So when we we reach that mid, that high six figures, we know that we're not the same person that we were when we started the business. But that makes it actually very easy to get trapped in older ways of thinking without even realizing it. Because you know that you've reached an, a new level and you, you think you've got it all together. And some of these things are very subconscious. They like hiding out and... I guess it's really important to remember that what got you here won't get you there, that there are things that we need to do to be able to notice when these little blocks come up because they can blindside us. Oh, that's so true. So there was a situation that kind of kicked in for me that was kind of bringing this to the forefront that I think really kind of spawned the idea for this episode today. And what I know is, is that scarcity thinking isn't necessarily a choice, but oftentimes it's a habit Mm -hmm. and it emerges from a place of either being in a situation where you're feeling limited, maybe your energy is limited, your finances are limited, your time is limited, something is limiting you, or it's a habitual way that you've been conditioned to think in the world. And so Sam, my intention today is to really bring awareness to some of these tricky little places where our mind may be limiting us because we're wrapped up in that and maybe shatter some limits today as a way of opening up new resources. So Sam, I guess I'll start with like what my little coaching brain went into today. Totally, because I love that you brought this up because when you brought it up, I was just like, oh my goodness, I love this so much. Yeah. So I oftentimes help people make decisions from a place of what's aligned. And in particular, you know, when you're evaluating opportunities, when you're evaluating speaking, you're evaluating collaborations, you know, we need to look at as a factor, like, you know, how is this going to impact my time? Do I have time to invest in this? And obviously time is limited for most of us. But then as my coaching brain often does, it likes to 
shatter places where I have a limit running that and flip that into some more abundance. And so what I was playing with today is this idea that what if instead of making decisions from a place of do I have time for this or what will I have to say no to to say yes to this, I actually flipped this into abundance thinking and I looked at knowing I have an abundance of time for what's aligned, would I say yes to this? Mm. And it's these tiny, tiny little micro adjustments to the way we ask ourselves the question or the way we frame something that can massively shift the decision we make and the energy that's going into it. It's like you, you were talking about when we were exploring what this episode might look like, the vibrational alignment, mm-hmm. the vibrational tuning to an outcome. And if you're mm-hmm. looking at it through the lens of constriction, what shifts if you look at it through the lens of abundance and always having enough time for what's important? So that was kind of the catalyst for this conversation. Totally. Because when you think about, actually, I'm even going to catch myself out there. When you feel what happens in your body when you say a certain word, that actually changes the decision-making process. So if you even just say the word contraction or I don't have enough time, it's a feeling in our body that doesn't feel great. You know, it is very contracting automatically we're thinking no I don't have time or we're having thoughts of oh my goodness how can I fit that in but as soon as you flip that script and say I've got an abundance of time straight away the feeling in your body is very different and you make a very different decision based on this feels good and I really I think that our body can give us more of those cues than we realize. And I think it's really important to tap into those. Agreed. I can almost imagine the person listening going, well, I don't have an abundance of time. Yeah. How do I do that? Right? Yeah. And so I like to add little qualifiers that help my brain feel that something is true. Mm-hmm. Because I know, I think we all know now saying affirmations and saying things in a positive framework, if it doesn't feel true, sometimes we would just reject that in our subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the little things I like to do is add qualifiers. So I always have an abundance of time for what is aligned mm-hmm. or what's important right now. And so you might play around with like, what's the qualifier that helps that feel true for you? And to use that as the the lens you're making the decision through rather than I don't have enough time. <laughs> I never have enough time. You know, time's always evaporating on me, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I think that's a little like tiny tweak to how we frame these things that can help your brain tap into that frequency of abundance rather than the scarcity that's constricting. Mm. I'd love to know, Melanie, how would you qualify aligned? Mm. Like, what is that? How would you describe that in words? So for me, aligned is something that is aligned with a goal, an outcome that I am holding space for. It's also aligned when something feels good to say yes to. Mm-hmm. Not every decision we make that's going to catapult us feels good instantly, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. we're being stretched out of our comfort zone. Yeah. And I also think aligned is aligned with my values. So yes. 
Is it something that furthers what's important to me and what I want to make time for, Mm -hmm. what feels valuable right now? And so obviously that taps back into what we hold as near and dear to who we're being on this planet. Yeah. I want to add a little piece into this conversation. And this is something I've learned as I've been exploring and experimenting with my human design over the past few years. And it that is as a generator and well, as any type, okay, but definitely as a generator, I am able to bring in more of my aligned life by doing things that excite me. And what I've learned, and this really goes against the way that I used to think, which is this is the outcome that I want. So I need to do these things to get that outcome. Sometimes doing something that is aligned is maybe just something that's fun. It may not be aligned with my goal, but it may be aligned with how I want to feel. And that gets me to my goal. So I just wanted to put that little, hmm, it's almost a little reroute in there that sometimes aligned isn't always what we think it's going to be. It's not always going to be it's aligned with our goal. It is definitely always aligned with our values. Definitely. Yeah. And you've helped me see that a lot as a manifester, that that is like a key ingredient that has to be there. It's like, yeah. is there an inspired spark there that I need to say yes to, even if it doesn't make sense with everything else right now? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So for you, it you know, if it's a full body, yes, then it's a full body. Yes. Like do it because the universe is popping little opportunities in our lap all the time. And it's up to us to decide, are we going to take them or not? So I just wanted to give it a little bit of a different take on, on what that aligned could be. That mm, if it, that. get to know your human design, like, as I said, as a generator, I've learned to take things that are fun that make me laugh, that make me happy because when I'm like that, completely random, well, the universe doesn't know they're random, but I think they're random, <laughs> opportunities just fall in my lap. Yeah, well said. Okay, so we've talked about where the habit of seeing time as scarce could mm-hmm. actually be constricting us from things that are important and how mm-hmm. to shift that a bit. What else do you see, Sam, as places where people may be unconsciously operating out of scarcity? Mm, I see this a lot in pricing of coaches pricing their products, their offers, their programs, their courses on what they think is affordable and it is based on their past. But what is affordable for someone is unaffordable for another or really, really inexpensive for someone else. So, yeah, I see this a lot. Is this something that you also notice? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, I think you were kind of going in this direction, like pricing is relative. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I would ask you, Sam, like, what is the flip for that? Like, how could we maybe challenge our assumptions or challenge our fear create a new framework of how we go about pricing something so we're coming from abundance mindset rather than scarcity mindset. Mm. I think when people price, they price with a person in mind. Like that person, I don't want to exclude them because maybe they can't afford it. And what I like to do when I'm pricing is start to think not from my place. I start to think from the place of my 
client of what is the outcome or the value of the outcome that they're going to receive from this. And when you know that they're going to get an outcome that's twenty, thirty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, maybe even priceless, then all of a sudden, what is the value of this thing that you're offering? And come from that place rather than what do I think that someone else can afford? Well said. I agree. So what I'm hearing is the framework flip, like the way to shift your thinking is not who will afford it, or I don't think anybody's going to afford it, so I need to bring the price down. It's what is the value or the potential outcome that somebody will get from this and price it in accordance with that. Yeah. And so it's not how do I do it, but okay, who are the people in my world that need this outcome? And, you know, how do I price it so they absolutely are willing to No, We don't even want to say how to price it, right? Like, what would be the way that you would frame that question? What is the value of the transformation? What is the value of this transformation? Yeah. Okay, good. And then add to it, because my guess is you're probably going to, at first glance, undervalue the value. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like how many times do we help people with this exercise and they're actually bringing the value way down below like what we know the value is? So say what you think is what the value is, but then add a zero yeah, or two. I had someone say to me, right tomorrow, I want you to 10x the price of this offer. And for you to charge that, what needs to change? No, they weren't even referring to what even needed to change in the offer necessarily. It was a very open-ended question, what needs to change? Well, what actually needed to change was my mindset around the value of what I was offering. So just by opening or asking those open-ended questions and really, you know, I like to journal a lot and ask myself these questions and just see what comes out. It is fascinating to see what you can extract from yourself and you see it on paper and think, oh my goodness, I was actually operating from this thought. Like I didn't even know that it was happening in the back of my mind. So I think that journaling is a really valuable and powerful way to work through some of these questions. Uh I'll add a framework to that. Sometimes I'll challenge my clients to, to ask themselves, what's the version of me and who am I being in that version where I'm already charging that and getting it? Uh, uh uh So, you know, this would be a perfect journaling exercise to say, I'm already there. I'm already Uh charging this. I'm already getting that. What am I doing differently? Who am I being? You know, it might just be confidence. It might just be like deciding to do it, but like really accessing the version of you that can already do this and get it. Sometimes you're like, oh, okay, it could be that simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I love, I love the question of asking myself, I am earning $100,000 a month or I am earning $200,000 a month. What do I need to do differently right now? Can be that person today, right now, and just watch what happens. The decisions that you make will be very, very different. Love that. Let's surface another one. And it's kind of the flip of what we were just talking about. And that is this habit of looking at it through the lens of, I don't think I can afford that. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know how to pay for that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And it's interesting, like I had a moment one time when I was coaching, I was in a consultation with a multiple seven-figure business owner, and they were asking me to coach them. Mm -hmm. And when I shared what my coaching packages were, they literally said, I can't afford that. And I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. a fraction of what you make in a month. Like, what is happening for them? And I, I realized immediately that that was their automatic framework. Mm-hmm. Their automatic mm-hmm. framework is I can't afford. And you and I were talking about this as one of the places where people get in these traps of thinking that way. And even if that is what your bank account is saying right now, mm-hmm. what is possible when you start to shift your thinking is, and one thing that is a go-to, but I think this is maybe at the earlier stages, you know, getting into six figures is, okay, so what would have to happen from that investment to make this an easy yes today, right? So that's one mm-hmm. way to get through that. But let's stretch, you know, Sam, into like seven figures and beyond. Mm-hmm. I think the, like we were talking about the ROI is not the framework that we use here. Absolutely. I think that the thinking of what the ROI is in a very short term is a question that we're asking ourselves at, in the beginning stages of business. But as we get into the seven figures, The investments that we're making are often a lot larger and the decisions we're making don't always pay off in the short term. And in actual fact, at the seven-figure level, usually it's a much longer-term payoff. So you can't really focus on the ROI in the next few days because you really have to look at the big picture maybe 12 months, two years out. Or five to 10 years out. Sometimes we're investing yeah. today in a growth move that we can't even see when it's going to pay off. We just know we need to grow like that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that might be investing in a coach. It might be investing in a mastermind. It might be investing in marketing strategy. And sometimes it's like investing in an authority platform like a podcast or a book, You know, putting mm-hmm, a book mm-hmm. together and getting the book out in the world. Those are things that we can't always draw a direct correlation, but who we become and what shifts, like taking those big leaps is going to be a catalyst that pays off over and over and over again for a very long time. So what I think we really got to here is like focusing on instead of like, what's the short term gain? What's what's the short term outcome that, that I need to have happen? It's what am I willing to invest today to become the long-term vision that I, I hold for my business and my and the work in the world. Absolutely. And I want to add to that also, whatever you commit to, commit to it for long enough that you know that you're going to either know this does work or doesn't work. And I'll give you an example of this. Alex Hamozi is all over reels right now. Everyone in the world of entrepreneurship just knows Alex Hormozy's reels. There's a lot of software that even calls them Hermosi style reels because he's gone, you know, gangbusters on the platform. And I was reading an article about the person that is doing this for him, the video company that's doing this for him. And normally when they sign clients, they're like, oh, their clients say, oh, we'll give it one month or we'll give it three months and see how it's going. So the business owner automatically said this to Alex Hormozy, we'll give it, you know, three months. And Alex went, no, we won't. We're going to give it 12 months because we won't know it's going to work if it's in three months. And that was like that wake up call to the business owner 
of being caught in that scarcity thinking of thinking that everyone you know thinks the same way and wants that ROI nice and quickly we need to be able to invest not just in a long-term strategy but sometimes we need to invest our money long term to find out if something's going to work or not yeah I love that I I could go on and on on that one but I think we should probably transition to our (laughs) last point here Yeah, let's talk about competition because I think that this is really interesting because competition, a lot of people talk about who's your competition or people are scared of their competition, but it's such a constricting and scarcity mindset. It's got that lower vibration that we were talking about earlier. I think that the flipping the script as we were talking before also and thinking how can I collaborate with this person to uncover something that's even bigger than what we could achieve on our own is a much more expansive way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I get asked this a lot when I do interviews about how I believe this guest expert process can be a audience multiplier and, and really help us build our business and attract clients and more opportunity. And I get asked sometimes, okay, Melanie, So what if my competition wants to be on my podcast or that's my competitor's podcast? Why would they have me on it? And I'm immediately like when you really understand how collaboration works, you're going to approach that very differently. And again, this is a first of all, there's abundance thinking here that's possible. There's going to be people in those communities that will never work with that other person, but you may Mm -hmm. be the person they're looking for. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's that's just that baseline. But also there is synergy that every similar type of service provider or product that's out there, there is synergy that can be found. And if you can focus on where's the synergy, where's the thing that they do that I don't do and I can approach this in that little gap that they create or are they creating a problem that I also solve in, in a different way, you know, different part of my business that we could focus on that? That's where the collaboration starts to really, I think, kind of gain momentum. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of possibility there. Totally. I remember one of the worst pieces of, of advice I ever received. And I'm going to share this because just in case someone gives you a similar advice, I want to give you my what happened. So I was at a conference and there was someone talking about competition in entrepreneurship and he he aligned it or likened it with sport. He's saying as an elite athlete, the elite of the elite always know what all of their competition are doing. He knows, you know, if you're a 100-meter sprinter, you know all of the other people that are in your competition and you know what speed everyone's doing or what time everyone's doing so you know what to beat. He said, you should be doing the same thing in business. And I thought about it and thought, okay, that's got legs. I understand that. And I spent probably about four months researching competitors, having a look at their offers, decided, you know, really looking into what they were doing, going through their websites, looking at who their ideal clients are, going through their copy, until I realized that for four months, I was so contracted and starting to get so afraid of not being good enough compared to all my competitors that I went, oh my goodness, this is the worst advice I've ever had. Let's absolutely switch off because guess what? They're not competitors anyway. They're all different to me. We all have our unique qualities. 
We all resonate differently with people. So what you think might be really good or that person that you might be thinking is really good, someone else actually just doesn't get along with them and they'll work with you anyway. So just focus and stay in your own lane and you will have this much more expansive energy. I'm so glad you shared that story. Like I've I've been in those traps. And all I could think of when you were talking is, oh yeah, talk about a fast pass to imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. It's like, let's go evaluate what all our competitors are doing. And, you know, everybody's going to be doing something better. And everybody's going to be doing something that you're not. I mean, you're going to be doing things that they're not doing. Yeah. And like I believe that collaboration with our competitors is one of the best ways to tap into an audience an abundant audience, right? Because they're Mm -hmm. already hungry for what this person does, but they've not bought for some reason. Mm -hmm. And you may be what they're waiting for. So I love this flip. And so if we could flip competition, like thinking that it's competitive to what would it look like for me to have a win-win-win collaborative opportunity emerge with this person? Mm -hmm. You know, like what is the whole I feel or what is the whole they feel or where is their synergy or how could we co-create a conversation about something we're both experiencing that would add value to everyone? Like there's always, always a way to synergize rather than compete. Absolutely. And when you're talking about a win-win-win, you're talking about a win for you, a win for the other party and a win for the clients or the audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. The win-win-win. Mm. Well, I think what I'm hearing in this conversation emerge is really like to be aware of the thoughts that may be running through your mind that are actually limiting your ability to grow and to reach more people and to experience an abundance of financial prosperity. And if there is a thought that keeps emerging, especially something habitually emerging that's limiting you, I personally want to invite you to look at how you could flip that limiting thought into an abundant thought. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't know what the answer is right now, just be mm. willing to flip the script on what you're telling yourself so you can tap into that abundance and maybe dissolve that frequency of scarcity or at least you know, move the needle more towards abundance and away from scarcity if you're moving up the vibrational cord there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just flip the script and see what happens. It's definitely about asking yourself better questions. That is one of the things that I've learned in business over my many years is that there's always an opportunity to ask better questions. Now, Melanie, I know that you always have an amazing resource to share with our listeners that helps them to take their thinking or their business to the next level. So I'd love you to share what you've got for us today. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I think what feels really uh, like a perfect next step is I teach a seven-step framework. And this is the framework of, you know, adding and multiplying abundance into your audience, into your business by deepening your connection and amplifying your message of your superpower. So if you go to amplifywithmelanie.com, you can download the framework and I'll show you the seven key pieces that you put together so that you are staying in your superpower, which always feels abundant, by the way, and multiplying your income, your impact and your influence with that. And what Mm, about you, Sam? Love it. I am going to, I have a resource that helps people to discover the nine key growth areas for your business. 
so that you can create more income, get an abundance of time, get more freedom and make a bigger impact. I I had someone reach out and let me know that this free resource helped her uncover half a million dollars in her business that she didn't know was sitting there. And that was just from downloading this free resource. So you can get a copy of the million dollar plan over at samantharileyglobal forward slash plan. So if you have loved these tips as much as I have and these insights from Sam and myself in our journey, we want to make sure you stay connected. Make sure you follow both myself and Sam on this platform and give us a little shout out. Slide into our DMs or put a comment where you're listening to this and let us know what is a new question you'll be asking yourself to activate that abundant thinking. Mm. Such powerful, such powerful information in today's episode. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Next Level Influence. We look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level Influence. Before you go, would you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player? We'd love to know what your greatest takeaway was from today's episode. Take a screenshot of the show and share with us on social. And be sure to tag us too so we can connect. Tune in next week for another Next Level Influence episode. Yeah.